I broke everything. I'm a vampire. Kill me. Kill me. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. Am I getting through to you? Over! Everybody, everybody who listens to this great show, The Vampire's Piss. Uh, I'm Cassidy, and, and I'm joined man. by my oh. yeah, and I'm joined by my great friend. And we watched once again for the third time, Vampire's Kiss. Did I say Vampire's Piss at the beginning of this? You did say Vampire's I already Piss. Did. Okay, cool. Vampire's Piss <laughs> is the podcast. Vampire's Kiss is the uh, yes. fantastic masterpiece of a film. I the way that our schedule has worked out right now, I start my day with this movie. Mm. Uh, I wake up at eight a.m. Mm. I eat some breakfast. Yeah. Nine on the dot, I start the movie. Mm. Um, it's a very interesting energy yeah. to uh, to really start the day off with. Well, it's most certainly a Monday movie, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I'm getting a new work schedule next month, and I'm going to be working at just UPS, and it's a morning job. Mm. So we're either going to have to record this earlier, which means I'm going to have to watch, watch the movie the night before and then wake up at like 6 a.m. and oh my talk God. with you, <laughs> or we're going to have to do it late where I get back at like 7, watch the movie until like 9 which for you is going to be midnight and we're going to just be talking late into the night. Either way, it's going to get wackier. Yeah. Um, how, how was your viewing, Matt? What, what did you, what, what thoughts did you have on this? Our third watch? Um, it was good. You know, to be honest, it's a little hard finding different angles from watch just on our third viewing. But, <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, all the peaks of the movie still hit pretty hard, you know, yeah the the it's gonna take a long time i think to dull that edge of yeah most certainly insanity i you know i find it hard to, i was joking before we started that i'm starting to think this movie isn't actually that great but mm -hmm. i don't know i i I find it kind of hard to imagine me not being enthralled by nicholas cage's performance yeah because even on the third watch, it's still like pretty impressive. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna remain impressive. I think maybe it might become uh, grading, maybe or like an attack. Mm -hmm. But for now, I agree. I still think it's it, it's good. Uh, I took some notes. I took less than last time. Mm -hmm. uh, I took a lot, and they're not there. worth. <laughs> I, they're not worth getting into. Uh, mm. I I tried to map how much time passes in this movie. It's three weeks. It's three weeks? That's it. Huh. It's like two two weeks and six days. But still, it's like yeah, not worth getting into. Mm. Um, That's a long time to be looking through the Dear Spiegel files. Yeah, right? Poor Alva. She really goes through it. She does. Um, she's She's... You know, the secondary main character of this film. Like, it's as much of her story yeah. as it is about Peter Lowell. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, did 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 you have anything of of note in your uh, in your notes? Well, I'm just trying. I was trying to figure out like what's what's Peter's whole deal. You know, like mm-hmm. I think we discussed that. And yeah. uh, Doctor Glazer drops at the beginning that I believe it's his father who gave him like a certain what was her wording some kind of unrealistic expectation of success and i think that color is like his whole thing and you know the whole movie is about his how his insecurities about women like causes him to self-sabotage and stuff but really all he wants is is love but he doesn't know how to love someone no he doesn't he doesn't yeah he's very like unfamiliar with how to interact with women yeah um yeah, if we're gonna psychoanalyze him, it probably comes from his dad. How his how his mom or how his dad treated his mom if his mom was in the picture. Yeah, he because he he has this need to like feel superior to everyone. That's why he like mm-hmm. exercises like his power over Alva because I guess he can't control these women. Yeah, and also why when she finally finds the file, he's like, "It's too late, too late, too late." <laughs> yeah that's uh that makes sense yeah and it's crazy because you know jackie's really into him for some reason i i know and i find that insane every watch at the beginning when (laughs) and he has such Uh, i mean i guess they're both like really drunk but he has such terrible like lines like he's talking about how like mr fantastic he's so cool he could stretch all the way to ethiopia or whatever dude okay like i literally wrote down (laughs) i was like i think i've written something like this every time we watch the movie but when he like when she like calls a cab and he's like this is my kingdom Mm -hmm. i like wrote down does a no a a no bitches nave voice to jackie (laughs) and i just write that a note like that every time in disbelief that this woman still wants to have sex with him after he does that weird voice about like this is my kingdom be gone with you Mm -hmm. i just like bro what are you doing i'm really trying to in i assume it's just like ad libs or whatever like i can't imagine someone and you know nicholas cage is a superhero nerd so i assume he's he's the one who came up with mr fantastic and stretch all the way to ethiopia Mm -hmm. uh i no i i'd like to believe that the director robert bierman uh did he also write exact words huh did he was he also the the screenwriter oh shit you know what that's a good point whoever the screenwriter was be it robert bierman or not yeah they wrote the exact words do that they wrote in the script do a no bitches knave voice please (laughs) nick cage they also i'm i'm always trying to figure out like the weird little side jokes that they have because they have like Mm -hmm. you know throughout the movie there's just like him overhearing people like saying stuff and like no i feel like none of the jokes make particularly they're not very good they don't really make much sense but like at the beginning they're like oh you know it's like it's the brownstones like that's brownstone man he's like no his name is lighter brown and it's like what what the fuck does that mean oh is this when they're still they're still they're still like drunk and walking home yeah 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 there's a lot of strange ad lib that they like kept in that like it i don't know it at first i thought it was just like you know maybe these people are like not 
uh, you know, great. This is like a first time acting gig, but no, like everyone turns in a great performance here. I think yeah. it was an ingenious ploy to make it feel like this guy can't connect with anyone and have us sympathize with that. But the fact that these people are talking like aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What else did I write down? Yeah. I don't, it's so weird. It's so weird. Like Jackie's really great. Like she has, she's very fashionable. She's very nice to him. She like yeah. takes him to like a nice little like impressionist figure painting like exhibit at the museum. At yeah, at the new museum. Yeah. And he just leaves her for no reason. Dude. Yeah. Well Yeah, he's I don't know why he does that. Maybe he's bored. Maybe all I he guess can so. think of is that that girl that got away. Yeah. Rachel. Right. Um did he Yeah, that I, was that was the night after Rachel, right? uh yes i believe so Mm -hmm. i believe that was like post vampire bite yeah yeah i uh yeah you know you said you you said jackie turns in a good performance and i totally agree because i remember i didn't write it down but i remember in the scene where he stands her up the second time yeah uh, and she's like writing on the like napkin that she's gonna leave, like on his door. Yeah, she's furious. I, yeah, and you can tell. You can tell in the way she's writing. Like, you know, whenever you know when like you're sending like an angry text or something, and you have to send it really fast because you're like in an argument. Yeah, it's like that. You know, it, it was definitely like that kind of. It, she portrayed that kind of fury where it's like she's very angrily writing something and you can like see like twitches in her face of like anger but she's trying to do it quickly because it's just like all pouring out Mm -hmm. it's like i don't know she 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 does she does so well for the very little screen time she has it's true why do you think because peter like feels bad and he calls her back at some point like what do you think he was gonna tell her because like it seems that a lot of what sets him off is just being surrounded by like other people like in love and mm-hmm. stuff like in the beginning he's looking at a yeah. couple like getting hot dogs or whatever there's that yeah. guy in the car who's like oh you know my wife 50 years or whatever and even at yeah. the end when he's like having his imaginary therapist thing he's mm-hmm. talking about like do you know how much torture it is being around <laughs> all these people all the time yeah yeah, yeah. it's um so I think yeah. that I think he calls her because he's just afraid of being alone, or like maybe he's gonna explain like absolutely I was attacked by a vampire or something. But then of course he sees like the vision of uh, Rachel again, so like he's fine. Yeah, I think honestly he might. There's a small part of him that wanted to tell her that like something was wrong and like actually reach out. That's another thing he doesn't do. He doesn't like reach out ever. No. He only reaches out to Dr. Glazer, who, yeah. like, has her own life. Right. You know? And even so, like, he lies to her, like, mm-hmm. after the, the initial, like, him, you know, getting bit by a vampire, and then, like, uh, standing up Jackie, and he's like, oh, did she, she's like, oh, did you see her again? He's like, no. Yep. I don't even yep. know what she's talking about. Aroused by a bet, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he lies to his therapist, too. It's just like, damn, this guy's going to get nowhere. And he doesn't. He gets nowhere. He He gets dead. He's terrible. He even says that she has a bogus profession, you know? Yeah. 
and a, and a fundamental he has a fundamental misunderstanding of it too i think he thinks she's a psychic <laughs> wait why do you think that well because <laughs> because there's that after the whole abc's rant yeah. he like he's like who who misfiled the the file who misfiled it and she's like i cannot tell you that I, there's yeah. no way i can know right and he's like you call yourself a psychologist yeah i think he thinks she's a psychic Mm. yeah and maybe she is but you know anything's possible i just he he definitely thinks it for sure that's true also i must resend something we said in the previous podcast where he was mm-hmm. going over, you know, the ABCs, and I said something like, oh, she's, like, unfazed. I'm very wrong. Like, looking back, at, she's, oh, like, yeah. she's a f- very afraid of him. Or if not afraid, more, like, agitated. She's, like, yeah, she's having a big reaction. Mm-hmm. She says something after she, like, says his name twice, and I couldn't catch it this time because yeah. he was yelling so loud. She says... Yes, you you know your alphabet very well, Peter, or something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, which is a hilarious. She says that response. after. Yeah. Yeah. No, that might have been ad lib too. Which, like, if so, genius. Good. Good job. For sure. Yeah. Like, if Nick Cage uh, ad libbed that scene, then she played off him perfectly. Yeah. Totally. Um yeah i don't have anything really great in my notes i i noted that i liked i liked the old lady in the in the bathroom oh yeah she's like one of the few people who like is nice to alba yeah who like checks in on her or recognizes that something's wrong um i'm oh i'm convinced the dude that is sleeping with the therapist is emilio i saw him again this time and he looks just like him i I, he does look like him i think he's totally not him though (laughs) but he uh man i don't know i'm gonna this is gonna be the drum i i i I beat this whole there's a whole endeavor i'm gonna be like this is emilio for sure Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be gathering evidence okay emilio is getting it with dr glazer I mean, good They're for them, you know. Good for both of them. They're both beautiful. Yeah. He has, like... Okay, so, like, they mentioned high school twice. Do you think he peaked in high school and that's, like, a part of his insecurity? I don't even think he peaked in high school. I think he was a weird, insecure, rich kid. Yeah. Um, That, like, nobody liked because it's hard... It's he makes it hard to like him that's true um and then he was given this literary thing by his dad mm. and well that's just what i assume i have a hard time you know believing that he established this shit on his own right because if he did he might not be so flippant or you know insane with it right. you know I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking, like, what what got him to this job? Like, perhaps, like, he's, like, a failed writer himself or something like that. It's Because he, he yeah. likes poetry, you know? Like, he knows, he knows mm-hmm. a few, few, like, famous authors and stuff. But it almost feels like he likes poetry performatively. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he knows It who... makes him seem, like, sophisticated. That's why he likes it. Yeah, he knows who will seem sophisticated if he says the names Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And he's memorized the poems and he knows the classical music. Right. And that's like supposed to make him seem high high society and like he'll fit in with these other guys but it's like yeah he doesn't feel it in his soul though no and it, and it makes him devoid of having actual interests right which is you know probably why he has no luck with anyone at all yeah and why he's constantly self-sabotaging mm-hmm. and he just loses interest because you know they can't attain like this idea that he has in his head yeah um, I had a moment at the beginning of this watch where I thought, "Oh man, here it comes." The I'm here. The, I'm gonna start noticing things in the background now because I I noticed something that I hadn't noticed before. Uh, there, there's a band that's playing right. at that first location. Yeah, and I I've never noticed them before because I've always thought the music was non diegetic. I think mm-hmm. is the word. Right. That's when the music's coming from nowhere. It's coming from the movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually diegetic because that band is playing. Yeah. And totally I noticed, right. I noticed that the bass player in that band has a bass guitar that I actually owned Ooh. in high school, called a Steinberger Spirit. Mm. It's like, it's like square body, and then it has like a long neck, and then there's no head at the end of the neck. Right. It's, so it's like a little compact thing, and I was like, "Holy shit!" That bass player has a Steinberger spirit. And as soon as I realized that, I was like, "Oh my god, here it's starting!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna start noticing the corn cobs in the oh yeah, <laughs> in the plates. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I feel I you. Noticed... I've noticed that there's been exactly two baguettes in this movie. You know, <laughs> when so... was the second one? I know the first one's when he's like dropping it on the ground. Yeah, he has one on top of night. his fridge at some point when he's in the kitchen. Uh so he likes baguettes. I mean, who doesn't? Baguettes rule. That's true. They're great. Too bad he, you know, chooses to eat pigeons instead. I mean, I and yeah, well, I mean, listen, I wouldn't eat the one he dropped in like in front of that church I just because yeah. he dropped it on the New York City streets. That's true. That shit's gross, dude. Yeah. It was the 80s. It was probably even dirtier than it is now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was it was at its peak grossness back then. For sure the look he his the shot where he sees like the neon cross and he just falls to mm-hmm. his feet is just fantastic yeah it's also i i had a hard time believing that i the, the, i don't know maybe maybe i'm cynical but mm. i i feel like if i saw that guy do that and i was walking by him yeah i would keep walking by him that that guy who helps him is so nice he's like an angel yeah i mean i don't know he didn't know that it was because of the cross you know he probably thought like oh he's just like having something or whatever like who knows yeah maybe and then he just runs into traffic yeah well because as soon as he would do something like as soon as he did that, I would that guy. That's what cemented this guy as an angel because it's like, oh hey, dude, you forgot your food, and he goes after him. If if the guy I saw fall over, and even if I deigned to help him with his groceries, right? I'm like, oh hey, are you okay? And then he runs into traffic. I'm like, okay, well the groceries are staying here. Then I'm leaving. He's he's just a good Samaritan. Also, yeah, before truly. before we leave the the beginning uh, club scene in the discussion, I just want to say. 
Mm-hmm. There's a guy yeah. who really looks like Steve Harvey. Like his like mustache like looks exactly like Steve Harvey. And I was oh, totally... you talking? Yeah, he was just like one of the audience. Man, he was just having like a good time. He's like clapping or whatever. Uh-huh. And I was really, I was trying really hard to figure out if that was actually. I don't think it is Steve Harvey at all. But that would have been a fantastic <laughs> connection. I know exactly who you're talking about. There's like a few shots of him, right? Where he's like in the middle of the frame, just like having a great time. Yeah, he's just enjoying. I mean, all the clubs in this movie like seem to be very fun, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, they seem like a great time. And it like, <laughs> I'm just like jealous of Nick Cage in this instance because <laughs> it's just like, damn, I could be enjoying myself better than you, dude. Oh, yeah, totally. Get out of there. Let me at him. He's, like, dressed way too formal, like, for this place. Like, everyone's, like, in there, like... Some people are kind of goth. Some people are, like, you know, the mm-hmm. 80s, like, but, like, looking like Madonna and stuff. And he's just, like, yeah. in a black suit. It's lame. Yeah. I will say, also, all the 80s looks in this movie fucking rule. Yeah, they rock. There's, like, very few instances of Alva not wearing, um... Just, like, like the her formal work, work attire, outfit. yeah. Yeah. And the, those few instances, it's like, damn, she looks good. Yeah. I wish we got more time to see, like, her outfits because I feel like she is styling when she's not at work. For sure. Everyone's dressed to the T's besides Nick Cage. She was ironing this, like, cool pair of shorts yeah. that I was just like, damn, I bet you have a great outfit to go with those shorts. Yeah, her hair looked really nice, too, when it wasn't yeah. like, all, like, braided up for work. She has a lot of hair. She does. It's like it's like incredible that she. Well, I guess she doesn't put it in a bun, does she? I thought at first she put it in a bun, but she must just have it in a long braid. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty long braid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm gonna talk about my favorite moment of the watch. Uh, okay. just before I forget it. This watch, uh, the thing that that really tickled me this time was uh, it's the scene right when he gets the vampire teeth and he runs off. Yeah. And he like sits down on the bench and frantically opens them. Yeah. And puts them in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And then you see like the, the there's like the music sting and he's like showing off the teeth. Yeah. And my, like he... my favorite moment of the watch is immediately after that, where he gets on all fours and, <laughs> and crawls out of yeah. frame. I don't know if we've ever mentioned it, but it's like, it's like, oh yeah, this is a big moment. It's like a big, it's like kind of like a monster reveal. Like it that's is. what the music would have you, have you think where he's like got these fake cheap plastic vampire teeth in his mouth and then all of a sudden he gets on all fours and crawls off frame well when he like when he puts it in his mouth like he has like his whole body has this euphoric reaction to it like yes, yeah like, i'm finally becoming like what i need to be you know yeah speaking of have you got yours in the mail yet no i have not got the those. vampire teeth have you oh yeah they're right over there i'm still waiting i was thinking i was thinking about like one of these episodes and we're losing our minds i wonder if it would be a good idea to like try and do an episode with vampire teeth in our mouth i think that's a wonderful wonderful idea i think it'd be a good idea in theory i think it'd be horrible to listen to but you know what our judgment's going to be clouded later on and that's true so 
I feel fair like, warning. I feel like with fifty two episodes, like we can like totally do that for one whole episode. I think that's a good Oh idea. for sure. Yeah. It's something's gonna happen with these vampire teeth because oh, yeah. I have like six or no, eleven pairs. Mm-hmm. I gotta do something with them. Yeah. How much were your teeth? Oh, it was like six dollars for all twelve. That's like it comes in like a twelve pack. His was like pretty expensive for just one. I know it was, it was like three dollars yeah, for the it was one like three bucks, and that was three bucks in the eighties. Yeah, who knows how much that is now? Not me. At least a million, you know. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you can buy a house for that much, or exactly. a, a pair of plastic vampire teeth. Yeah, a brownstone. Who knows. I'm honestly glad he didn't get the fiberglass vampire teeth. I think that would have been a lot more visceral yeah. uh, to think about him wearing those all the time. Because, like, I remember our, during the first watch, I was freaked out by him, like, wearing them to sleep. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, those will cut up your gums if you keep those in too long. Like, even the thought of doing a whole podcast with those things in, like, yeah. that, that kind of, like, oh, that's going to hurt 45 minutes of talking with those but he goes to sleep in them yeah i mean it's it's it would bring some comfort you know but also like it's a fantastic Mm -hmm. like visual metaphor for how lame he is you know yeah like how much of like a vampire wannabe he is like he can't even like he's so incompetent he can't even get like cool looking fangs it's just like total dork it's terrible but it looks speaking of fangs Speaking of fangs, though, Rachel's fangs look great. They do, yeah. I was thinking, it, it made me think of, uh, I don't know if they did it this way, but it made me think of the What We Do in the Shadows people. Yeah. And how they have, like, vampire Invisaligns, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's how they do their vampire teeth. I was just like, I wonder if that's how they did hers. Because hers look really good. I think it would be great, because, like, in... In the What We Do in the Shadows show, they have that one, like, scene in season one with, like, the Vampire Council. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, let's just reach out to a ton of people who played vampires. And, you know. Yeah. They should bring back oh, yeah. Nicolas Cage. Wait, wasn't there a joke in there about Nick Cage not showing up? Or was that Tom Cruise? I think it was Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they did not ask Brad Pitt because they thought, like, oh, he's too big for us. But then Brad Pitt said later on, like, yeah, I would have totally came back <laughs> as, <laughs> as Louis and just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think maybe they didn't ask him because he didn't look like he had a lot of fun in that movie. Yeah. Well, I think he talked shit about it afterwards, but I think he may have, like, mm-hmm. softened up on it later on. I would hope so. Because Tom Cruise was having a fucking blast he was amazing movie. in that oh my god yeah he was a great villain it was... it's because he's yeah, a scientologist yeah. <laughs> dude i'm surprised i haven't met more scientologists out here oh, uh, yeah. i feel like la is a big scientology uh mm-hmm. city why don't you just like infiltrate them you know like just for fun oh no, no. that's too scary man yeah, those, like, I'd start... rather inf- infiltrate a vampire's nest. <laughs> vampire Scientologists. Mm. Now that's a movie. Yeah. Also, side note, I was like really surprised mm-hmm. by the roles that Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt played in the Interview of the Vampire because I felt like 
what like I think of them like is kind of reverse. Like I would have thought that like Tom Cruise would have played like the kind of innocent one and like the bad boy vampire be played by Brad Pitt. Absolutely. Like, the other way yeah. Around. But you know, those two yeah. pale in comparison to Peter Lowell, of course. Well, yeah, no one can no one can perform that big. No, like no one like no one short of Nosferatu like is mm-hmm. a vampire like he is. But that's the question. Is he really a vampire? Which we will address at the end of the show. Yes, we will. Did you have a favorite moment of the watch? Uh yeah, I did. I think it I think I got to go with the scene where he comes in like for the first time with the sunglasses and he's just like smoking a cigarette and then he comes in and he calls Alvin and it's the part where he's like even if like anyone was like one day like he worked uh-huh. here one day longer than you I still wouldn't give them this job this is the most horrible thing I could possibly think of as nuts and his eyes are just bugging out and at the end of it I didn't notice it last time but at the end of it like he's like desperately like don't you want to use your gun on me and his voice cracks a little Mm. bit and it's so like this huge thing about how like he wants her to kill him like he doesn't want to be a vampire for most of it funny enough yeah he's like a suicidal vampire the whole time yeah yeah it's well because i feel like a lot of vampires get suicidal like late in their life that's true also peter does have depression straight up straight up like this guy has a lot of issues that are going, you know, un unresolved and maybe Yeah. I guess not not a uh, unnoted, you know, like I think his right. therapist definitely tells him about these things. Yeah, certainly. He but should be know. on medication for sure. For sure. I don't know what mescaline is, but he mentions that a few times. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember what mescaline does. I feel like it might have like some psychedelic effects or some shit. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, in the, you suited in the out 80s. On it. I have to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the 80s, like they're prescribing all kinds of stuff. I, I know like diet pills back then were just basically crack or oh. meth. Oh. I don't remember. It was, I just remember learning about it from Requiem, from a, uh, Requiem for a Dream where like... Yeah all three of the addiction stories one of them is about a woman going on diet pills and it's like it's basically just like yeah it's like some kind of speed that made her like she got super addicted to them and then just like lost her mind because she didn't eat and she only took hard drugs but yeah i don't know what mescaline is but i'm sure i'll i'll remember to google it next time yeah certainly not now but Peter was not on any drugs whatsoever during this movie. He was on just full vampire fantasy, which is a very yeah. powerful, very powerful thing. I when we first watched this, I did think that he was, but he, I thought he was because he was trying to like drug the vampire that kept visiting him. Because mm-hmm. there's that scene after where like it's after he does the you don't say rant that spawned the meme yeah um and then he's like at home after the vampire like sucks him dry again uh and then she's like uh masculine you're so clever you're my little literary genius and she's (laughs) acting high yeah and i'm like oh did he like take masculine and like you know sedate her with Mm. it 
to like try and like escape her i don't know i i don't think or maybe he, kill her i don't think he wants to i think mm-hmm. i think she's also a manifestation of like you know he like tries to impose so much power like onto other people but i think like you know deep down he just wants to be dumb dude you know he just wants yeah, like I mean, a, a big mm-hmm. dominatrix vampire lady to just dominate and who doesn't honestly truth um big truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's he has such a weird like if, if these things truly are manifestations of his psyche he has no control over it no because even like every delusion he has it eventually turns on him yeah. like even this vampire lady like she turns on him in the end and is like you suck i hate you yeah you're pathetic and it's like bro bro yeah. You made her up. <laughs> it's sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Peter Lowe is a sad character. He is extremely tragic. And I don't I just don't I I can't bring myself to feel bad about bad for him. Well, he's a r- but, rapist murderer also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, you needed medication early on, but you've you've really pushed it. <laughs> um yeah what else i don't have uh there was something else i noted oh do you know what that guy in the toilet saying uh yeah like when he's like he's in the bathroom and he's like i can't see my reflection yeah. i'm a vampire and he's, yeah, like, he's like where am i yeah he's just like he's just hassling him like oh do you fucking like practice your acting somewhere else you idiot or go back to the girl's bathroom because you know he broke into the girl's that's bathroom. what he yeah yeah okay that's what he said i can never understand that guy because peter Lowe is still having a meltdown <laughs> over right. like his line yeah and he it's delivered from inside the toilet and there's not a mic in there so you could just hear him through the walls of the stall right and all i ever hear is like you're in the goddamn crapper low and get it together and then something 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 ladies room yeah because he did you know he chased alba like yeah maybe the day before we don't really know like it's the latest Uh, it might have been the no it was like two weeks before yeah it was a week before because i i in my timeline notes right yeah the the very important vampire's piss timeline yeah. <laughs> the often cited timeline uh i'm gonna forget this timeline immediately i'm you know i was thinking about this it's gonna be a very interesting read uh to like go back into um my notes like at the end of all this and be like just track my my our journey you yeah. know right um yeah Oh, also, he wears paisley boxers. Yeah. Did you notice that? Not really. I was always just thinking, like, it's weird that he doesn't take his shirt off when he's having sex. Yeah. I think that's fully because Nick Cage has a big tattoo on his back. Yeah. Which I forgot to look at this time. Right. But he definitely has one. And this guy... Peter, Peter would Lowe. not have a tattoo. No. No way in hell would he ever get a tattoo. No. But yeah, no, I also find it weird that he's we- wearing more clothes than his counterparts. Yeah, it's disappointing. Like, we always want Nick mm. Cage to bear it all. 
And I think Nick Cage would. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Maybe he does in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I don't know. Haven't seen the movie yet. Is that the new one where he plays himself? Mm-hmm. It's him and Pedro Pascal. I, you know, I don't want to doubt him, you know. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine that it's as good as this. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's hard to imagine any movies as good as this. That's true. Any vampire movie, really. It is, it is absolutely <laughs> the peak, and I've seen quite a few. Well then, well I I guess that's that's a big question here. Let's uh, we can discuss it this time. Uh, I think you were the one who put the the evidence forward last time that he was in fact a vampire. Yeah. Yes, I I believe I said that because despite them being blanks, he definitely should have been hurt by shooting himself in the mouth mm, with a gun. Got it. So I guess it's my turn to bring the heat, um, and I think. I'm going to say he is not a vampire. Really? Because, yeah, because here's the thing. Vampires are perfect predators, right? Yeah. And they, uh, like, are good at seduction. They are good at, you know, stalking and chasing. Mm-hmm. And I want to I wanna really highlight that third part. They're good at chasing. Like, they are competent hunters and can chase down their prey mm-hmm. but his cage he, is not this but he cha- he does chase alba quite a bit yeah but so my main point of evidence right here is in the second time he chases her um there's a scene where they're like running down the hall and she like deftly swiftly ducks into the stairwell yeah and then he runs and like slips on the floor and grabs the um the water cooler the like water fountain and like is like slipping all over the place very slapstick a real vampire wouldn't be caught dead doing (laughs) that shit the real vampire would be like hovering down the hall after her the real vampire would have turned into a bat and like you know got her ass i don't think i don't think he's a vampire i think he is a fool that's a fair point. A real vampire probably also would have real fangs and not plastic ones that he got for three dollars at the <laughs> store. Well, that's that's I think <laughs> that's besides the point. I think, but yes, I do agree. Uh, yeah, not a vampire. I don't think he's a uh, probably he's probably on something mm-hmm. or he, rabies. Rabies. Well, yeah. Fair you never know made, i guess so mm-hmm. i mean i but, still you, you know, know mm-hmm. i feel inclined to still want to believe that perhaps he was but well maybe maybe you can change my mind uh next watch with oh. uh with a new piece of evidence hopefully i will um i'll try my best oh yeah well we're, we're gonna have so much evidence by the end of this yeah definitely. one way or the other it's gonna be it's gonna be decisive I can't help but feel the evidence for not a vampire might be mountains more than for a vampire, <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest. I don't know, man. We'll see. We have we have we have uh something like we've got forty nine more watches. Yeah, it's to plenty of time. That. Yeah, it's plenty, plenty of, time. of time. You know, uh, we might 49. by the end of it we might come to the conclusion that like everyone's a vampire, who knows, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. I yeah I mean hell dude maybe those people that keep projecting himself into his psyche are really there 
Yeah. Maybe they're like vampires that are. He maybe he's a thrall. Right. Of course, and that's the thing. If he's a thrall, he's not a vampire. Hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> you think those mimes um, are vampires? Oh God! The domestic abuse mimes. Yeah. The the. Oh, gee. I feel like you could argue that they might not even be real. They might just be a figment of Peter's imagination. Oh, I want them to be real. I do want them to I be want, real too. I wish I wish you had seen I had seen more mimes in my time in New York City. Yeah, I don't I mean I've lived here all my life and I don't I'm not entirely sure if I've ever seen a single mime if I'm being perfectly honest with you. You definitely see like those like uh dancer guys painted like all gold or silver or whatever but oh yeah which are like kind of similar to mimes i don't think they really talk much but a mime mime you know uh uh-huh. dude that just got me thinking like we need a vampire movie that's about mimes i think i think we need more horror movies about mimes for sure i think yeah. they like they don't occupy like a big enough space in popular culture as they used to like mm-hmm. you know who's the last famous mime you know marcel marcel you know how long <laughs> goes he that was a long ass yeah. time ago there should be yeah that's lives. true uh if you're listening from france tune in yeah. and tell us about tell us about uh the most famous mime yeah call in talk about and if they're also potentially a vampire you know go for that too Oh man, yeah. Wait, that why weren't there any mimes in fucking Interview for a Vampire? Lestat's French. That's true. Right? Well, he was French, right? Yeah, they were they were they were in Nerlands, you know. They were Mhm. They're all Frenchy and stuff. They went to Italy, I think. Oh. Uh, yeah, or or Spain. It was either Italy or Spain. Might yeah. have been Spain. It might have yeah, cuz Antonio Banderas was the head vampire. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I watched Twilight, A New Moon, for the first time a couple weeks ago, and I think they went yeah. to Italy, and they totally ripped off those Vampire Council from that same Vampire Troop from Interview, so I'm inclined I to believe it is yeah. Italy. I saw that because I don't remember who I was talking to. Um, was it you? We were, t- I was, we were talking about the Volturi. Yeah, maybe. If someone was sending... It might have just been a, a like a late night group chat yeah. discussion for like a movie night or something. I mean, who doesn't? They were want talking to talk about, about the Volturi, Twilight, you know? Right? There's a lot to talk about, but there's there like those insane set photos of like the the head guy with like the red eyes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a regular selfie where he's like deathly pale and has these red eyes and black slicked back hair, and he just looks insane, and he's on a movie set. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I hadn't thought about that until you just mentioned it, though. I totally forgot that that is exactly what the guy looks like in Interview for a Vampire. Yeah. You know, Peter could be a Twilight vampire. They bend the rules a lot, you know. He didn't sparkle particularly, but... And they don't have fangs oh. either. Oh, you're so right. I mean, yeah, the Twilight comparisons are are big. Yeah. Um. And but each of the Twilight vampires, they have their own powers. So, like, what we could figure out what is <gasps> Peter's power. Oh, my God. What is Peter's vampire power? That's true. He's definitely got one if he is one. Absolutely. Which I don't... Yeah, I don't think he is. But I'm going to I'm gonna keep an eye out for that next time. We'll figure what that out. What is his vampire next. power? Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and that is we're like almost out of time here. Um, any closing thoughts you want to put forward? Um, seek help. Uh, get medication <laughs> if you need to. I can get behind that. Yeah, if if this movie teaches anyone anything, it's yeah. seek help. I mean, um, if if Peter was on Zoloft, who knows? Like, he probably like wouldn't have been like yeah. doing half the things that he was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, uh, be sure to get rabies shots if you're if you get a bat in your house. Yeah, because you might you might have to have Mortal Kombat with the fucking bat. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, uh, thank you for listening to Vampires Piss. I've been Cassidy. I've been Matt. Uh, see you next. See you next week. Later. Dream of me, my angel. Dream.